Support for Cover Story comes from Billiards on Broadway in downtown Columbia, Missouri. Family-friendly and locally owned and managed, Billiards on Broadway features fresh-cut fries and 12 Missouri craft beers on tap. Billiards on Broadway in downtown Columbia. This is Cover Story with Stephanie Shanikan. It's a podcast where we take apart the song covers we love and take a deep dive into the stories behind them. I'm Stephanie Shanikan. So I'm having these conversations with folks and friends about the song covers we all love, and we examine the stories behind the songs and why we like them. I'm interested in uncovering the personal stories that we all have about how we connect with these great songs and what these songs mean to our lives. Ultimately, I get my guests to choose a version of the song they prefer, and I'm asking them to defend their choice. Today, I'm chatting with my very own daughter, Faramala Shanakan, to talk about a song we both love. It's Before I Let Go, first released by Frankie Beverly and Mays and covered by Beyonce. Frankie Beverly and Mays released Before I Let Go on their 1981 album Live in New Orleans. The song did really well when it came out, peaking at number 13 on the Billboard R&B chart and has since become something of a black anthem here in the United States and across the world. Beverly was inspired to write the song by a failing relationship, but despite its sad origins, it has an upbeat tempo. When you hear it, you can't not get on the dance floor and do the electric slide. (laughs) Nearly four decades later, Beyonce covered the song when she headlined Coachella in 2018. It later appeared on her film Homecoming, based on that legendary performance. My two daughters and I watched this film when it came out. And my husband, who was sitting across the room, perked up when he heard her version of Frankie Beverly's Before I Let Go. So, which is the better version? We'll talk, we may argue, we'll debate, we'll celebrate. Today on Cover Story with Stephanie Shanikan. Here's our conversation. Paramala, welcome to the show. Thanks, Mama. (laughs) (laughs) So let's talk about the original song, Paramala. Tell me, first of all, how you heard this song first, Mm -hmm. and then um, tell me what you thought of the Beyonce version and then the original Mm -hmm. version. So the way in which I became aware of the original version was uh, through 
Beyonce's cover. Um, I shamefully thought that Beyonce had written the song, and this was the shameful. first time shameful. that this was the first time that anybody was hearing this song. And so I was like, "Wow, Beyonce! She just never she never stops," which is true. <laughs> she doesn't stop. But um, but then I think either you or Daddy actually. Um, told me that no, no, this isn't the original. This this is the original. This Frankie Beverly and May's version. And um, I immediately jumped on the track and I listened to it and I thought it was absolutely beautiful. Mm-hmm. But I also there I found both songs to be quite beautiful, mm-hmm. but in different ways. Mm-hmm. And so I I can't necessarily say which one is better mm-hmm. because um, they just brought different elements to the table. Mm-hmm. So what I find really interesting about this choice of song is that it captures my coming of age and your coming of age. Yeah, that's true. Right? Yeah. Because this song came out by Frankie Beverly and Mays in 1981. Mm -hmm. And I remember being, um, I was a little bit younger than you are now. Mm -hmm. Um, I was in high school and this song was played at our parties, right? Mm -hmm. Um, We would get on the dance floor and dance to Before You Let Go. I think I was in Form 3, which um, is the equivalent of maybe 10th grade. Mm-hmm. And this song was what you would call a bop mm-hmm. on the dance floor. It was just exuberant. It was joyful. It was, it made you go, mm-hmm. right? It made you really, it's a, it's a dance record. Mm-hmm. So that's my memory of it. I remember, like, my friends on the dance floor. Mm-hmm. I remember folks I would be dancing mm-hmm. with. Always a cute guy in 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 uh, my high school. What about you? What are your memories or your reflections on Beyonce's mm-hmm. version of "Before I Let Go"? Well, it's interesting because I feel like you experienced it more in a more physical space, mm-hmm. whereas I had the privilege of experiencing it on a more virtual level mm-hmm. by way of watching the. Beyonce Homecoming Coachella performance with you and um, Ujire, my sister. Um, and it was equally as vibrant and celebratory, even if, if we weren't on a dance floor, because mm-hmm. we got to watch um, Beyonce and her backup dancers and her whole cast of um, musicians perform um, on stage and whatnot. And even though this Frankie Beverly version wasn't necessarily on, on stage, because we had experienced a whole Coachella I think maybe two hours of her dancing and singing her own originals when the ending credits came along and she uh, covered this Frankie Beverly song. It was like they were also dancing and celebrating to this song as well. And it felt like we were, you, me, and Ujiri were also mm-hmm. at Coachella. We were mm-hmm. also dancing along um, and singing along to this song. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I remember that moment very um, vividly mm-hmm. when we watched, um, I think, the two of you made me come downstairs to watch it with you. Um, And yeah, it was an incredible moment for all three of us, even though we have different generations, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So let's talk about the difference sonically. Like, what would you say as as the difference between the way Frankie Beverly does it and the way Beyonce does Mm -hmm. it? I think I've heard you play both versions. Mm -hmm. So you don't only go back to the Beyonce version. I've I've heard you, I've been in your car yeah. when you've played the Frankie yeah. Beverly version. So you've listened to both of them yeah. equally. Yes. How would you characterize the differences? Yeah, I was actually um, listening to both of them on my run this morning mm-hmm. um, to get a bit of a refresher, but also because it's a great, they're both great songs to listen to, run to, on, to. A, on a run. <laughs> yeah. um, I think it's it might be the people that are behind mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. 
Frankie Beverly is of a, obviously, as you mentioned, a different generation. Right. And he is a black man. Mm-hmm. And so, like, it's during the 80s. And so um, the song is in one way defined by that. And mm-hmm. Beyonce, it's um, defined by my generation. Um, and there is a component in which she brings a bit of, I don't know, swag to the song. <laughs> um, I feel like think Frankie Barbley's is funk and hers mm-hmm. is swag. Ooh, um, I like yeah, that. it just came on me. It just mm-hmm. came on me. Um, <laughs> Inspiration. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that's a key difference. Okay. Um, he, I think that's what, mm-hmm. what it is to me. Mm-hmm. His has funk and hers mm-hmm. has swag. Mm-hmm. And another difference is that I would define both of them as like being a black national anthem. Mm. There's definitely a spiritual aspect to both of them. But his, I think his audience for that song is like the whole black community. Right. Mm -hmm. And then, but for hers, I think because of the sort of theme of the Coachella performance and who was on stage and Mm -hmm. the people we were seeing on stage, what color were those people? I think it was her version was more, um, spoken towards black women. Um, and so, I think they both have relevance and they both have an importance in a space and they say the same words, except for this one part where she kind of brings in a bit of a rap element, yeah. I guess you could mm-hmm. say, um, or a spoken word element. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not sure if it's rap, mm-hmm. but I think it's more the audience that they're both speaking to as well mm-hmm. that makes it um, uh, slightly different. different. Yeah, yeah I like that. Mm-hmm. I like that a lot. One thing we always say about black music as we talk about different Um, types of black music, different genres, different um, locations, is that black music is always participatory, right? Yeah, So so it makes sense that you would think of the Frankie Beverly version as being situated in that 1980s era Mm -hmm. with that audience. And Mm -hmm. then hers is more of this era. Um, And so um, I always think of funk and like to think about how to describe it. So if if we say that Frankie Beverly's is more funk, right? Mm-hmm. It's that feeling that the music brings you because mm-hmm. of the bass line that's so deep mm-hmm. and rich. It makes you want to kind of grunt, you know, yeah, and, and yeah. really get down. Yeah. And so that's the funk era, right? So as we know, Frankie Beverly came out of Philly Soul, you know, from Philadelphia. There's this whole line of artists that came out of Philadelphia. Um, and in more modern times, of course, we think of people like Jill Scott and Questlove and um, The Roots. But Beyonce is coming out of Houston, right? So um, located in different places. Frankie Beverly brings the funk that was popular at that time, 70s and 80s. And what you, you've you described with Beyonce's swag mm-hmm. is... First of all, her voice, which, I mean, yeah. what's a word for Beyonce's voice? I don't think this is supposed to be a word, honestly. <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay, folks, we're dealing here with a member of the Beehive. <laughs> There's no word. Um, but, but of course, her, her voice is distinct. You know, yeah. it's distinct and it's got some layering to it. It's, um, you hear her voice and you hear Kelly's and it's two different voices, mm-hmm. you know, both beautiful. Yeah. Right? Um and then at the end, towards the end of Beyonce's version, we then hear her do spoken word. I like, yeah. I like that way of describing it. Um, in the middle, though, as she approaches that section, she brings in another piece of music. She samples something else. You know there's nothing. 
and it's Cameo's uh, song called Candy, which mm. takes the funk even deeper, right? Because it's like bum, bum, bum. Bum, 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 right? So, yeah, yeah. so, so that is from Cameo, also part of my oh. of my coming of age. That reminds me of um, college. Yeah, and thinking about that also brings Beyonce's version makes it even more meaningful. Okay, then she moves into this spoken word, mm-hmm. you know. Pull up the Coachella, boost with the ghost fellas. I brought the squad with me. Black on black bandanas, I say it's champagne. I did the damn thing. Dirty Diana, singing and dancing all in the rain. You and your sister, Ojurere, love that part. Yeah, and yeah. I've seen you. <laughs> go down with it you know like do some real choreography yeah, so yeah. can you talk about that because I know you love to dance yeah. my... so uh, Audrey she found a this um, video on Twitter of like this flash mob and and they were like I think in Times Square or something and they started dancing um, to this part of Beyonce's version of the song and I we both thought it was amazing and so she memorized it first and then she taught me and so I remember it was it was I think it was also during the pandemic when we were all quarantined mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so we had plenty of time to practice yeah, I remember. Um, and we would just she's I'm I loved I think I love to dance more than Audrey but she's I, I think she's a better dancer than me um, because she's more coordinated I'm not saying a word <laughs> <laughs> I think she's more coordinated um, and so she taught me how to dance to the song and yeah that added another valuable experience to mm-hmm. the song. It wasn't mm-hmm. just something to sing along. It was mm-hmm. also something to, to dance to. Mm-hmm. And there were movements that could go with that song, whether it was your own or someone else's. Um, but everything about the song, whether it was Beyonce or Frankie Bubbly or these these folks that created this choreography, they all came from black people. Mm-hmm. And that's what made it incredibly amazing. Mm-hmm. It was this black spiritual national anthem that in which it's not just a song, it's a performance mm-hmm. in which there's so many different elements that you can participate mm-hmm. um, and be, become a part of. It's mm-hmm. a community. There's a community aspect to it. Right. I love that you mentioned it being a national, it's like a national anthem. Yeah. Right? yeah. A black national anthem. So she, she actually starts she her, does. that set with, yeah. the, with the actual Negro national anthem. Yeah. Right? Lift every voice and sing. And I like to consider what an anthem means to a people. Right. So what is your definition of an anthem? That's a good question. Um, I would say an anthem is um, a piece of art that brings a community together and makes them think about what's the one key thing that defines us all. Mm. Um, It's sort of, I don't know, a beck and call. Um, It's a siren song. no matter what, I mean, in this country, if you hear the national anthem, I mean, you're supposed to um, stop mm-hmm. what, what you're doing right. and uh, pay your respects, whether it's standing or kneeling. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of how you could look at the Negro spiritual or the Beyonce slash Frankie Beverly um, uh, before I let go. It's you hear it. And to me, you stop um, and you consider the spiritual aspects of the song. Mm-hmm. I think I think the US national anthem there's a patriotism aspect, but for like the negro spiritual and for uh, before I let go, um, 
there is a spiritual aspect mm-hmm. that is honestly difficult, very difficult to to describe, to describe and to emulate. It's mm-hmm. indescribable, really. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think that's what makes an anthem. It, mm-hmm. There's a shared experience in the song. There's a shared pain, mm-hmm. a shared love, and most importantly, a shared history. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what makes an anthem, I think. That's beautiful. Thank you. So we're going to round up in a minute. I would love to hear you talk about... Uh, there is something about the way Beyonce has evolved mm-hmm. that has created a community of black womanhood, Definitely. right? That there's something about her messages or the way she carries herself or the projects that she's worked on that has resonated in a very special way with with young black women. Mm-hmm. Can you talk about that? Mm-hmm. Well, there's um, there are very few public figures that can bring black women together like that. Um, Of course, uh, there are people that came before Beyonce and there are people that came after Beyonce, but I think she's definitely a um, figurehead without putting her in like this God pedestal. But I think it's um, being able, first of all, I think it's being able to see her evolution from Destiny's Child to her own solo career and letting us get a glimpse of that. And I think in watching her evolution, we got to see how a black woman can grow Mm -hmm. um, and how much potential um, a black woman has Mm -hmm. um, from basically when she was a little girl. We even got to see a little bit, a glimpse of that to, you know, now in which Mm -hmm. she's not only a singer, but she's also an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think there's something empowering about being able to see a woman grow um, in such a multifaceted sense Mm -hmm. which is uh, truly amazing Mm -hmm. and that's why so many black women will defend her um will fight for her will you know um will try to emulate her and embody Mm -hmm. her and Mm -hmm. and follow in her after her in her footsteps and i wouldn't say that i could put my finger on exactly what it is about her that really is an inspiration for black women but i will say that there's something about just being able to see her grow Mm -hmm. and seeing her flourish um, over the years and continuing to see that and having um, you know the privilege of seeing that, mm-hmm. um, which I think is really, really um, significant mm-hmm. for black girls and women. Love that. So, Farmala, I always ask my guests to imagine a spectrum, right, for this song. And the spectrum is from one to a hundred. Mm-hmm. And I ask you to delineate, like to distribute the 100 to Beyonce and uh, Frankie Beverly. Is it going to be 50-50? Is it going to be 75-25? Like Mm -hmm. what? How would you distribute the contributions to this song by these two wonderful Mm. artists? Uh, That's difficult. Um, Also, I'm not very good at math, so I have (laughs) to think about that. Um, (laughs) um, Just because I I think your answer would be different from mine, Mommy, Mm. but I just think because of the generational differences and also what the surrounding significance of Before I Let Go with the Coachella performance, I would have to give Beyonce's version a bit of an edge. Sure. Um, and maybe go like, can I say like 50, I don't know. 52.48? Something like that. <laughs> okay. Honestly, yeah, okay. just that small percentage of an mm-hmm. edge. I don't know if the people that you've interviewed before have um, have gotten yeah. that close. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, that's definitely I what that. I would say. And mm-hmm. you know, just because I'm giving Beyonce a bit of an edge doesn't mean that I feel like 
Frankie Beverly still he's still there mm-hmm. he's still present mm-hmm. in her song mm-hmm. um she wouldn't have Very had that song so. without him and so when I say Beyonce has an edge it's also thanks to Frankie Beverly mm-hmm. Beverly in a way yeah so, absolutely yeah. and what's interesting is that Frankie Beverly actually loved this version he loved Aww, it that warms my um, heart <laughs> yeah yeah he's he said you know a lot of people have covered this song but when he heard the what she did with it uh-huh. he was very pleased um so um let's see so 52 48 for yeah. you so what's um, your skill mom what well do you think? i'm going to i'm going to turn that over and before you and your sister made me a true beyonce fan i would have said that my response would be 70 for Frankie mm-hmm. and 30 for Beyonce yeah. but because I'm so impressed and so involved in the experiences of Black is King and Homecoming and Lemonade I'm going to say um 60 40. I think that's 60 fair. for Frankie Beverly because that's uh-huh. my uh coming of uh-huh. age as a, as a young woman uh-huh. um and 40 for Beyonce because I recognize what she's doing in my daughters in my children um and i also really love the way she's evolved as an artist as well just as as you said so 60 40 for me i think that's fair i will take that okay That's another episode of Cover Story with Stephanie Shanakan, and I'm Stephanie Shanakan. We're talking about the songs we love, the stories behind them, and how they live on through covers. Next week's song is I Will Always Love You. So, when I just said that, were you thinking Whitney Houston or Dolly Parton? Whitney and Dolly face off next episode with me and my special guest, my good friend, Brandon Boyd, on Cover Story with Stephanie Shanikon. Cover Story with Stephanie Shanikon is produced by Janet Saidi, Christopher Houston, Fernando Naro, Raymond Tungakar, Ryan Famuliner, and me, Stephanie Shanikon. You can find more about this podcast on Twitter at KBIA and in the current issue of Vox Magazine. That's next time on Cover Story with Stephanie Shonikov.